Hi everyone, welcome to Under Control. My name is Paul Bartlett and on today's show is Laszlo Borshi, who is the Vice President of Business Development at White Shark. White Shark is a security as a service provider that provides 24-7 endpoint protection. We will discuss why their groundbreaking security as a service business model is a win-win situation for all types of enterprises. Hello, Leslo. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Welcome, everyone. It's good to have you here. And like I said, I'm really excited today to be able to have somebody in the studio with me rather than on a Zoom uh, call. So it's certainly a different experience here. So what we'd like to talk to today is about uh, the security aspect of things. And I'm going to hand it over to Laszlo to talk about uh, the company that he represents and a little bit about himself. So Laszlo, take it away. Thank you. So um, uh, my background, uh, you know, initially I started uh, working in the security space uh, in the United States when I was 17 years old. Uh, I started at a company called uh, Search Software America, and uh, we were... um, with our systems, we're doing a financial fraud detection for large organizations because we're using a, um, a dramatically more interesting search algorithms than just uh, text by text uh, exact matches for searches. And the, in the financial fraud uh, detection, it was very important because um, many people were just uh, changing uh, their data uh, just slightly so that uh, they could appear as a different person and, and uh, 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 they were using it for... Um, uh, identity th- theft and other tricks so even large banks and uh, the FBI and the CIA were using our uh, software systems uh, uh, for uh, fraud detection uh, then um, i was uh, uh, graduated from um, um, universities in the US and worked for uh, in the first line um, uh, quite uh, uh, state of the art technology companies such as uh, banyan systems a uh, state-of-the-art network operating system manufacturer, then Sun Microsystems, and later for the largest internet service provider in America called uh, America Online. So um, I uh, ventured into the business world later and and, uh, moved back to Europe. And um, that's where I met Sándor Fehér, who is the founder of uh, White Hat uh, IT Security. And uh, he told me about uh, uh, he's uh, found the experience of White Hat, and uh, you know, even during our initial conversation, it really attracted my attention, and uh, we ended up uh, establishing a business relationship uh, and and uh, a work relationship together. So, um, a few words about uh, White Hat itself. Um, you know, it's it's formed uh, from the core members of uh, uh, a Hungarian uh, national uh, security agency. Uh, and uh, they uh, uh, decided to uh, quit their um, uh, government posts and, and uh, founded the White Hat uh, with uh, about seven people. And um, initially, uh, they were focusing on uh, pre and post incident services, uh, which uh, uh, they uh, uh, were very successful at because uh, that, that's what uh, they were doing on an ongoing basis in their past. Okay. Uh, it was interesting to to understand why they kind of saw a gap in the market. Is that why they they, they quit and uh, they decided to go with a with a new startup? And um, because these are coming from pretty respectable organizations, right? So definitely, yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, they saw a market window, mm-hmm. um, which later uh, after I joined, I I shared the same identical vision. Mm-hmm. In fact. Uh, the IT security uh, space is, its, uh, I would say, in its infancy currently. Right. 
Okay, so there was this kind of gap that everybody collectively recognised and said that okay, we can serve that need there. Let's go out. Let's 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 form a company, which is what you've done, and 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 go from there. That is correct. Mm-hmm. So um, once I joined, um, um, I I uh, together with uh, with Chandra, so we we thought of the need to provide uh, ongoing uh, managed security services as well. So that uh, we we start uh, having our customers realize uh, uh, for an ongoing need for protection of their uh, data assets and and their uh, uh, their values inside the, uh, the their corporate environment. Mm-hmm. I see. So w- when you say the customers, what do those customers look like um, for you? When are we talking about small small and medium enterprises? Are we talking enterprise scale, or is it a broad spectrum of customers that you're you've started to deal with? Uh, we started to, to deal with the uh, 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 large uh, multinational companies. Um, this is given um, uh, because the uh, business cycles and uh, uh, the current uh, 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 space is not very educated about IT security. So the business cycles are long. The uh, the, the space is not very transparent, even from a pricing perspective, and and and. The, that the the services offered in the market are not commoditized mm-hmm. so uh, you know first the potential customers need to understand what it is that they would be getting even for an incident response um, case they they uh, have to evaluate uh, very carefully what it is that that uh, they would be receiving as as a as a, uh, a fixed free post incident service and it it makes uh, makes this very difficult so uh, this is uh, why why we decided uh, to to move forward and and uh, focus uh, 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 and and dedicate some of our capital uh, to developing White Shark, which is a managed uh, ongoing uh, managed security service. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the gap. Okay, uh, when you we say or you saw a gap, what what gap did you see? Because we would assume that most large organisations have their own security teams. If not, it's outsourced, um, and they're pretty well protected. However, what we've seen over the years is that the likes of big organisations like British Airways and various other organisations have been hacked. So what what part of the services do you provide? And maybe you can give me some examples with customer stories of what the problem was or that they suffered from and how you came into the picture to either prevent it or support um, you know, the incident response. Absolutely. So. Um as as you mentioned, um, only uh, and and even large organizations um, uh, can afford the proper uh, professional personnel that uh, that can uh, size up and and understand their uh, IT security requirements. And even those large security um, um, uh, large organizations and enterprises that are protected uh, via these professionals and and software systems uh, that they harness. Uh, they also get uh, from time to time penetrated. So um, uh, I will talk a little bit more about uh, our vision and and uh, our our uh, uh, you know focus uh, in our product and what we think is uh, uh, our unique selling points in in our ongoing managed security services. But let me uh, first, um, as, as you touched upon, let me uh, talk about a couple of case studies. Uh, uh, what we uh, you know um, uh, came came. Uh, Came about and, and what we sold for a couple of uh, large uh, uh, organizations, enterprises in the corporate world. So, uh, first, um, 
you know, in, in the early uh, uh, development phase of, of the company, uh, we encountered a, a large pharmaceutical company uh, that that got penetrated uh, and, and in a very sensitive uh, time period when they were actually uh, uh, establishing a, uh, a key business relationship with the partner. And uh, they immediately saw the need that uh, they have to filter out if, in fact, uh, this this uh, penetration and, and this uh, uh, incident uh, was caused by uh, this uh, interested potential uh, uh, business partner, or it came f- completely from a, uh, a different, uh, completely uh, irrelevant and independent source. So, um, in in this case, uh, uh, to uh, to be able to isolate um, um, different parts of their network and different parts of their systems, uh, we even had to harness, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, for uh, quick movement. Uh, uh, you know, between their eleven sites uh, in in different countries, we have to uh, we had to harness uh, a, uh, a helicopter <laughs> so that uh, we can move between their sites. Uh, you know, to to quickly and dynamically uh, make sure that uh, all those uh, uh, isolations are are perfect and and uh, uh, impenetrable. Right. Okay. A helicopter to move between sites. That's, That's right. a pretty good use uh, use story. So. Um... Yeah, so we, I mean, we, we considered that you, know, you had to move between these different sites. So you're talking about on-premise threats, are you, or in in these large organisations, or what kind of what kind of instance uh, are we talking about? Um, we, yeah. we we have to make sure that uh, uh, you know uh, even uh, physical a- access is, right. is only granted uh, uh, you know uh, to the proper access levels and and. Uh, uh, so the uh, in those isolations we it sometimes it requires uh, even in today's uh, state of the art digital world uh, it requires that we have physical presence in rare cases such as in that um, case right i see so when we think about security threats there is also a physical element there as well where sometimes that's overlooked when we think about security and of course we I mean I personally using swipe cards to get into the building so we're talking about that kind of uh, level of security where you're using key cards to get into buildings and etc you have to yeah. right okay okay um so that's very interesting. And what other ones have you uh, experienced with regards to um, some of the incidents that you um, that you've had to address? So in, in another another interesting case, uh, uh, we had one um, um, large actor in the Central European, uh, Western European um, a- energy sector, right. and um, and uh, they encountered um, a uh, uh, an incident where um, uh, you know uh, certain. Uh, parts of their system, which is used to, uh, you know, control and and manage um, ener- energy distribution, uh, they became uh, vulnerable, and and we had to um, use our uh, techniques of our incident response IR team to to make sure that uh, we we completely isolate them from from um, uh, these adversaries and and remove them from their systems. Right. Okay, and is that top secret information? How you do that, or can you give me a little bit more deeper explanation? And it's like, what is it that you actually have to do to to isolate them, to to protect them? What kind of steps and processes do you have to uh, go through to to do that to make sure that they're safe? Yeah, on a conceptual level, absolutely. I mean, uh, initially, uh, you know, we we have to go layer by layer right. and, and analyze their systems and and. Uh, 
uh, we have to isolate the, uh, the different system parts and see if there's, uh, uh, they don't have the ability for any lateral uh, uh, movement inside their systems and network. And, and uh, uh, we have to make sure that uh, uh, there's no persistence that they established on, on multiple levels uh, so that, uh, you know, even if we fixed, uh, uh, in, in simply put, uh, you know, one hole in the system that they cannot exploit another. So yeah. um, in... Uh, in um, um, these cases, uh, it's always very important to that, that to, to mathematically make a, a complete, uh, um, um, quick um, uh, assessment of 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 the of the customer's uh, network and and uh, environments and what components it has, what kind of uh, different versions of the systems, which uh, uh, level of patches they installed or didn't install. So you know uh, this this goes into more more um, uh, deeper into. Um, understanding uh, um, uh, security in today's world. So uh, many people uh, uh, think of uh, IT security people as, as that those geniuses with with the very thick glasses that uh, uh, you know sit in front of their computers. But in fact, you never have the time. Uh, uh, you know, uh, at the time when the incident happens at an atomic level mm -hmm. to, to try to. Um, solve the puzzle of, of one small component of, of a system. So it's it's more uh, about um, uh, being able to uh, understand the tools available to you and available, uh, you know, at, at the highest uh, uh, development level uh, to to assess uh, where these um, uh, penetrations came from. You know, often we share. Um, you know, we are, we are uh, members of, of, of several different. Um, communities in the IT security world where we share information and patterns of, of attacks. So when, when, we, when we see these uh, patterns uh, between each other, then we right away can recognize that mm, this is the pattern that uh, these attackers use, so this must be that, so that we start using the tools uh, immediately available to us to, to, to fix these issues. So, so uh, actually, um, uh, it's it's not the geniuses with the thick glasses that you know have lots of time to to fix a puzzle. It's really the security experts uh, with with um, very uh, deep connections in 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 the world that uh, actually can quickly bring a solutions about. Right, and that's that's pretty interesting that there's a, a community of good guys out there and a community of bad guys. So you've got a big network, as you mentioned, where you share insights with each other to try and solve security issues certainly so we are members of uh, all the influential network of uh, security experts and and, and the companies that uh, act in the security world fantastic it's good to know we got some some good guys out there like yourselves uh, addressing these security issues because we see lots of security incidents and i think there's a lot more security incidents on the rise um certainly uh more recent times um, and I think we'll come on to that a little bit later of current, what the current situation is. I wanted to uh, ask you about the basically what is the biggest issue out there today? What's the biggest threat that you're seeing right now? The biggest um, single threat that uh, we identified uh, lately, especially uh, during the, the, this COVID epidemic, is... Uh, the uh, available uh, penetration techniques that are uh, uh, out there for mobile devices. Right. Okay. You can tell me a bit more about the mobile device because that's uh, everyone's got one, right? So everyone's using mobile devices and uh, certainly within the working environment as well. So what's the threats there? Is Are they more vulnerable than, than, than let's say, your laptop? 
certainly because uh, they are um, naturally uh, connected uh, um, in m- more ways than the people that are using them realize to the corporate environment. And um, so our um, many security services architecture is a, a, a what we call a mobile first strategy that we're checking um, uh, vulnerabilities and and the potential penetration holes inside the you know the mobile devices that are uh, used uh, to uh, for the workforce to to do certain tasks um, but at the same time you know uh, you know you asked earlier what do we see and what is the uniqueness what what do we see uh, as a market window for um, our IT security services and and our, our white shark service product so and i also mentioned earlier that uh, during these few years of development we realized that uh, given the business cycles and the difficulty in understanding um, um, you know uh, a uh, non-transparent uh, security world of what is the need uh, we realized that we have to simplify this environment so we created white shark uh, which is a homogeneous multi-platform and a, uh, a transparent um, managed security service environment so what 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 do each of these different sexy words mean? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I wanted to ask you break that down for me. <laughs> so, so it's a uh, homogeneous uh, because uh, we're not uh, uh, working in a uh, disconnected service environment. That uh, uh, it it, uh, it from one one uh, uh, service uh, portal and service area. Uh, we can detect uh, all the different uh, threats that uh, that uh, can penetrate uh, a uh, uh, customer's uh, network and and uh, uh, device portfolio. So um, it works, uh, and and uh, all the sensors that we that we put on, on mobile state of the art devices or uh, legacy uh, PCs or or. Uh, 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 Mac OS based devices and server uh, based operating systems, and it all arrives in, in a homogeneous uh, 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 space. And then we can uh, look at all the different flags and, and look at uh, you know our playbook based uh, detections and and can uh, uh, react uh, to different uh, um, alerts that uh, come into that uh, uh, system. So that's why it's homogeneous. In many many environments uh, before we create this homogeneous environment they have to look at several different tools and, and alerts from several different uh, products uh, and, and make a conclusion from that so that's why it's homogeneous right uh, it's multi-platform because we can uh, establish our our sensors and monitors uh, into different kinds of operating systems and different hardware platforms uh, why is it transparent so transparency comes from um multiple uh, uh, different aspects one it's and it's uh, transparent uh, because the cost of the of the different uh, services that we provide we make it completely transparent you know early on when i started working again in the security space uh, i i was the one in the, in the team that did a, um, a competitive analysis of what is the competition doing um, you know uh, and are we at the right place um, at the right time or yeah. not and surprisingly enough uh, even the main companies sometimes took two, three months to give me a price quote for the for the different uh, security offerings. And in a small, uh, medium business world, that's not that, that's just not uh, uh, usable. 
uh, because uh, they they don't have the time to assess that information and wait for a price quote for two three months or even to establish a conversation with the sales uh, team of of that uh, competitor competitor of ours. So we made the tri- uh, pricing also completely transparent. Also on a data level, we are transparent. So you know there there's this uh, issue of. Uh, who can be the trustor of the trustees? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a, a in the security world. That's a, a very um, important um, argument and in, in important concept. So we also make it to our customer, uh, whether it's large, small, medium, SMB. That uh, that uh, how is the data being handled and who's the trustee of the trusters? Um, and um, so uh, we're we created this environment and now. Uh, we're well in the way working with Microsoft and Zimperium, our technology partners, to even further simplify these steps. Uh, so that, uh, you know, in an ideal world, uh, we'd like to have a uh, product just like um, Trezorit has. Right. But with one click, it installs everywhere, whether it's a, uh, a mobile environment, whether it's a, um, a legacy PC or, or, or a, a, a Mac OS environment. And, and with a few steps and a few configuration, uh, and accepting the terms and conditions and the charge model, um, you know, and and how how is the uh, the financial transactions in the system uh, and the charge model uh, being handled, then immediately uh, can start uh, protecting their environment. Currently, we we are the industry leaders in in in, and we are the easiest to install and the easiest to understand uh, what what we're doing in the managed security services space. However, we even have a you know long way to go. Yeah. So you're kind of a disruptor, really, to the existing business model. You've got a completely new business model where, like us, we're software as a service. You're more like security as a service, and you've put these things together, these elements that you use. In this aspect, uh, um, IT security as a ser- service has been around, yeah. but certainly with all these additional aspects of of, of, uh, of how we're um, you know, comforting and, and ensuring our, our uh, customers uh, that their data is protected and, and and the, the 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 trustees don't have access to their data, and how if they do have access, the truster of the trustees in in what what uh, level and and how is it protected? Also from a pricing perspective, that that uh, uh, what are they paying for? So from all all these uh, and, and in the homogeneous environment, so they don't have to uh, worry that two weeks later somebody will tell them, hey, you don't have protection for mobile, so why don't you buy this, buy that, and 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 then they get confused, you know. Uh, that they have to run in multiple environments. So from that aspect, is definitely um, uh, a paradigm shift in the space. Right. Okay. I wanted, There's one thing that we were talking about earlier before we started the podcast, which um, was really interesting for me, um, and I think we can expand on this, is what are we, what are you guys, or certainly Treasury as well, what are we protecting from? And we would talk about protecting customers' data um, and an interesting comment that came up was industrial espionage or people wanted to take basically your ideas, your, your IP, whatever it is, wanted to get in. I mean, we see a lot of ransomware attacks and we see a lot of publicity around ransomware attacks. Uh, it's constantly in the news um, for basically be people encrypting files or bringing down your system. But there are other things as well out there that people are not so aware of. Could you so- give me some information on that? So certainly, you know, those are uh, very, uh, uh, you know, James Bond type stories in the yeah. industrial espionage, which uh, 
we're we're also uh, able to diffuse and 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 uh, um, I, I isolate uh, the adversaries on 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 the network and and the systems that they're trying to penetrate. Um, you know, um, we had cases in the uh, 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 electronic uh, uh, auto world and and uh, uh, in different other spaces, which we we managed to uh, secure the environment for 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 that particular industrial player. However, what we'd like to bring uh, to the attention of of uh, all the listeners that yeah. uh, just like Trezor, it is very useful to protect uh, at, uh, uh, data and files on an atomic level. Um, you know, um, even small medium uh, business enterprises are in need for uh, protection on a system uh, uh, and operating system and 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 overall uh, uh, enterprise level, uh, and and that can uh, be attained. Um, in a in a in a simple way, so they don't have to spend months and months in understanding the uh, you know uh, what they have to pay for for the need that they are yeah. developing. Okay, so that for example, if I'm a I'm a small legal firm and I'm holding sensitive data data about my customers, my clients, or I'm an accountant, then something your service is something that we we should be considering and looking at. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't have to spend six months understanding how much you're going to have to pay for yeah. that, uh, but uh, we, we can qu- quickly, transparently, you know, assess your your environment and 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 give you a uh, a, a quick uh, and and easy to understand way to protect your your mm-hmm. your data sets, especially if you know legal firms. You know what you bring up is a perfect example because they're handling and they have third party. Liability towards their clients if 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 they leak their uh, sensitive data, right? Okay, and uh, because we we have of course a lot of uh, probably some listeners out there as well that are from from legal entities um, who probably don't go that far with re- requiring additional security services. Well, they um, don't even realize the need. Huh? E- exactly. Yeah, um, I speak to a lot of legal firms. Um, and we sometimes struggle to present our uh, solution to them of why they should be moving to Trezorit for for fuller end-to-end encryption services. Um, but certainly, I agree with you that there are other things out there that we always see in the press and in the news. It's typically the big organizations that get attacked because they make great headlines and great stories. But That's there correct. are thousands of small companies out there that are vulnerable as well or smaller companies out there that are vulnerable as well. And um, I'm sure in your experience that you're also helping these smaller companies take protection. Against, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to, to even make it more formalized, um, um, you know, our approach uh, uh, and the entry point into this space is, is uh, um, in two ways. One is that, um, uh, you know, simplifying uh, the processes and and the steps and the business cycles required that these uh, SMBs and legal firms uh, get protected uh, via our services and products. Number two um, is um, using uh, uh, regulatory, especially in the way of insurance, uh, using insurance as 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 a way to uh, incentivize them to acquire uh, protection. Uh, maybe even from uh, a government regulatory perspective, just like uh, uh, GDPR was. Right. Uh, because this way, um, um, you know, um, uh, they can, uh, twofolds, they can lower their premiums on the uh, on the insurance that they take. Um, and, and two, the insurance company can assess their risk and, and, and assess the premium required to protect, uh, you know, the potential customer. Right. And it's great for the insurance world because, you know, insurance is a... Um, uh, 
is what we'd like the security space to become a, a commoditized space. Um, and uh, they are uh, striving and, and in dire need for uh, additional um, services that they can offer to their customers. Because, uh, you know, the market is saturated and, and uh, uh, they uh, do not have uh, uh, the ability to easily take away from the other market players. So uh, it's easier for them to grow the market as opposed to take from the, another mm -hmm. player from the market. And IT security insurance is definitely uh, one service which uh, uh, they uh, all the people that we talk to in the insurance world, they would love to develop in, in a sophisticated way. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I saw this on 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 your webpage, and I wanted to come and ask you about the the liability insurance, the cybersecurity insurance, because it's something that Treasury gets asked for frequently. Do we have it? Do we not have it? And I think there are a lot of companies out there right now that don't have it, and probably doesn't even cross their mind, or even if it's a startup company. But especially in the field of where you're dealing with personal identifiable information under the GDPR regulations. It's something that should be considered uh, as a must-have, probably. And I suppose, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the systems that you decide to use, the systems that you choose, could could have an impact on that on that premium um, eventually. I mean, maybe it's not so mature yet, but the way things are developing and uh, around this this particular product, that uh, the choices that you make with regards to tools and services, um, absolutely. So you know, I see I see a uh, perfect metaphor between the uh, health insurance world and the IT insurance yeah. world. You know, uh, in order for the uh, insurance company is to assess the risk it's taking insuring a, a patient, first uh, it would like to send the patient to a perfect uh, checkup of all all the body parts and all yeah. the different aspects of of the person's health, and and uh, this is a you know uh, exactly analogous to penetration testing on on a system or network that uh, uh, the insurance company would like to insure. So so it could use uh, uh, security vendors uh, such as us uh, to assess that risk. And then later it can provide um, uh, a premium discounts if, if uh, they install our uh, ongoing managed security services so that uh, it, it then further reduces uh, uh, their risk in, in providing insurance for that client. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, a lot more stuff's moving to the cloud now, especially if we look at startups, they're not really procuring anything that's on, on premise. They're getting a laptop, they're starting up, they're going straight into a cloud service. So is that something that should also be aware from that perspective of um, IT security, uh, choosing the right cloud services in mind of- Absolutely correct. Yeah. So IT, uh, you know, um, cloud-based uh, services, uh, uh, add an, uh, an added level of uh, uh, dimension, um, you know, in the complexity of IT yeah. security, and so they have to be separately separately assessed of of how well they are uh, managing internal security, and and um, and then um, you know they have to be assessed uh, when when they are actually only used as a particular component of a uh, um, system or an enterprise of, of uh, what level of security risk they're adding to the mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned, and maybe we can expand on that a little bit with the risks around mobile, because we've all got them and we all take them for granted. We use them every day. We download applications. Um, of course, there's a lot of data that's being exchanged constantly on them. What's the risk for a business? I think you mentioned to me um, that particularly C-suite can be a target 
for uh, for mobile hacks and mobile devices. So I'd be curious to know is like where that vulnerability is, um, and how do you solve it? So so um, um, we install um, you know several uh, sensors, um, uh, about four hundred plus uh, different sensors that. Uh, uh, detect uh, you know the different actions both on a uh, device level and 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 the and the, and the uh, kernel level that the the, the phone is running uh, the, uh, of the operating system and on on the application level you know the collection of applications that uh, the particular individual is running on on that device and um, and and we check different aspects of of those applications and and the system level as well for example you know, many applications leave the uh, the 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 um, clipboard buffer, uh, copy paste buffer vulnerable, and and then uh, you know if if you can use the vulnerability of that application to move data in and out of the buffer, then uh, uh, you know uh, completely uh, unknowingly they can be accessing that data and and, and transferring out uh, uh, and and having access to uh, vulnerable sensitive information. Um, as an example, but that you know, as you can imagine, 400 plus sensors, how much information that that is collecting from from the particular device, um, and and we're even going down to the hardware level now. Where we partnered with uh, Samsung uh, and and um, uh, became a um, developer uh, partner of their Knox uh, environment, which they actually in- installed hardware features into their phone for security purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suppose my question would be around this: is is there is a, there's been a lot of news about the like Chinese manufacturers and uh, being considered for five G, various other things, devices. I mean, is there really a concern there from your perspective? Is that there's something to be worried about, or everything is just blown out of proportion? What's your feeling on that? Absolutely not. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, the uh, the threat is that. Um, all, all of the uh, uh, the manufacturers and 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 creators of of software and manufacturers of devices, um, you know, uh, can can uh, put in functionalities and and uh, undocumented features into the devices, which can uh, you know uh, send back information in a back channel and 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 collect data uh, right. from the users. And um, uh, you know, given the complexity of these products. It's very difficult, uh, you know, given in 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 a time and and space and financial um, uh, f- financial assets available uh, to to check how vulnerable these products are. So, uh, you know, Europe and, and the US is is leaning toward just uh, not allowing them at all. So this is mm-hmm. you know uh, particularly uh, you know the, the case that we saw in the industry was Huawei that uh, yeah. uh, that they they're completely banned. Uh, you know, yeah. in, in different product verticals, because they realized that uh, that they they were um, uh, putting in features which uh, collected data uh, undocumentedly and unknowingly to the, uh, uh, to their users. Right. You know, I can tell you one interesting story that we came across uh, in the company recently that we were helping a company uh, which uh, manufactures um, these entry devices that uh, measure your temperature. Your your body temperature and and do some biometric checks, uh, uh, you know, uh, during this uh, COVID epidemic, yeah. um, and and the, um, and the device does some verification. So, um, 
we were the the uh, the company uh, to 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 assess the security. Given that these inexpensive devices came from China, we had to uh, uh, take apart uh, parts of the operating system and 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 look at. Uh, uh what what this device does underneath the hood outside yeah. the applications that uh, uh, uh you know um a a company in hungary was developing um uh, you know for 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 the uh, utilities on on the device itself uh for uh, entry uh, and uh, covid protected entry into buildings and and uh, schools etc in hungary so we realized after a short while that uh, uh, in fact this device which looks so innocent Uh, even though inexpensive, but it was collecting all the information and sending it back to an IP address to China. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I mean, is that that's a form of of espionage, I suppose, whether it's a, a state level or a, a private level. It doesn't, you know, into company level. It doesn't matter. That that's the point that I wanted to try and get to is that there is there are methods that these things are just not made up or it's not, um, you know, just just conspiracy theories there are actually these these things are ongoing and, and are happening in fact uh, yeah. i would say that uh, they're publicizing a lot less cases than, than right. that they would have uh, you know uh, uh, because uh, uh, they're trying to um, keep this at at a uh, manageable diplomatic level yeah. but it it it, it got uh, blown out of proportion um, in many cases now they're they're doing it uh, you know in a in a blatant uh, way yeah Yeah. Okay. And I just, I think what's, you mentioned the COVID situation and I wanted to touch on that because it's so relevant now. Um, a lot of people working remotely. What's the challenges around that from an IT security perspective? If you've got an organization, an enterprise, um, suddenly it finds all its workers were having to work remotely or they've enforced that. So what's the, the challenges around that now? Absolutely. So with this, uh, um, covid epidemic um the industry which was moving toward um, um the uh, zero trust uh, uh, policy uh, in it security from parameter security um it uh, it uh, emphasized that that effort and and so um uh, the need for um such uh, services uh, as as white shark is uh, uh, um completely amplified because uh, uh they they cannot uh, um Uh, have the ability to make sure that uh, you know from remotely that uh, the, the vulnerabilities uh, uh, don't happen on their network and systems. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, uh, don't get ex exposed. Yeah, so I mean, on, on a typical day working from home, um, there are we're signing in with VPNs. A lot of companies are using VPNs right now. Um, what other security measures would we be looking out for, or should IT security teams be looking out for um, when we're working remotely, or even the employee should be conscious of the fact that they're working remotely. I mean, recently at Treasury, we did, um, I think, some kind of uh, exam or test around uh, the things that we should be doing when we're working remotely from from home. So what's your insights on that? So, um, you know, um, uh, in these um, uh, new um, environments, Uh, or, or new new cases of, of work environments where uh, a lot of the people are working in so to speak home offices mm -hmm. um, then uh, uh, many times you end up mixing in devices into the work environment which uh, 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 the, the company did not provide this is so-called yeah. uh, uh, the bring your own device um, mm -hmm. access model 
and uh, this is a uh, the X model, which uh, uh, you know uh, the type of uh, security services such as White Shark uh, can can easily get installed on and and establishes the sensors required to detect the threats that that are potentially there. Uh, you know, to access uh, uh, data assets and other assets in in, in an enterprise um, environment. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that uh, that we can seamlessly install and get installed on 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 even um, uh, devices outside of the corporate environment. And given that we're in a homogeneous in the multi-platform mm-hmm. environment, and this is quite seamless. Uh, right. You only need uh, you know um, the user of that device will just need to give. Uh, one consent that we can install and and after that it's it's seamless right okay and so the basically extending the security bubble beyond the on-premise to to these environments with this homogeneous solution uh, of yours absolutely um okay i i think there's another thing that i'd like to ask you about um because it's and i've mentioned it before earlier in the podcast um about these ransomware attacks Okay, because I just see so much of it going on. And probably, as you mentioned, there's a lot more going on that we're not even aware of. It's just a few of them get into the news, especially it seems to be recently that universities are being targeted, um, especially back at home in the UK. I see that there's uh, a couple of universities that have had breaches. My uh, um, One of the companies I used to work for, British Airways, they've just obviously got fined as well um, for having a breach. I mean, is it really a minefield out there right now? Is is it that there are just so many attacks that security professionals cannot keep up, and a service like yours can can help? Is, is what do you a service see? Like, yeah. a service like ours uh, can help uh, to prevent uh, such ransomware attacks. Yeah, but you know the ransomware uh, attack industry is in such a way that um, uh, while there are uh, companies out there that uh, pretend that they can, um, you know. Um, handle the post incident and and uh, fix data you know uh, the the solution and and the unlock keys available uh, to most of the the uh, um, fresh ransomware attacks are not available to any yeah. any IT security professional so the industry works in a way that you, uh, that uh, that you have to pay attention to the prevention because post incident you you uh, get blackmailed uh, in, into yeah. providing bitcoin or, or or some kind of financial instrument and and then instead of unlocking your your data, they ask you again to pay uh, mm-hmm. in Bitcoin or or some kind of other way. So uh, the best way is using um, a service like White Shark to actually avoid getting hit by a ransomware mm-hmm. attack, mm-hmm. because old ransomware attacks there are um, unlock keys for and and uh, there are uh, available um, methods to to um, unlock your data. But uh, you know, in the last the ones that they created in the last six months to a year, uh, they're usually, there's no solutions for. Yeah. Yeah. So you get stuck in a, a in a blackmail environment. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, what I saw from, from this particular case with the university was, I mean, the systems were offline for a considerable amount of time, which caused a lot of chaos for, for the students, of course, for the staff as well. Um, by not having some kind of instant plan or recovery plan, I could clearly see from the article um, that this is the case. And and this is what's been reported. Of course, we don't know what the situation is. And we think about these larger organizations, but it, you probably agree that it's also happening at a lot lower level as well. Okay, so it's not just these Absolutely, big, it's just not being yeah. publicized. Yeah. You know, we have many cases where, uh, for example, uh, uh, a friend of mine who used to be in charge of a uh, 
uh, Nokia in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sister in in Florida is working in in a in a, a largest dental clinic, and all of their data got uh, you know. Uh, Uh, encrypted by via ransomware yeah. and they called us uh, too late into that incident so we established uh, 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 you know white shark for for their protection yeah. uh, for ongoing uh, uh, you know uh, future threats but uh, for example that uh, in that particular case the unlock keys are not available for that uh, particular ransomware that they got hit with so they're stuck at the time because if they pay then they they keep asking them to pay So I advise uh, to a lot of these uh, small medium enterprises to to install protection, install a security service. Otherwise, uh, sooner or later they're going to get attacked by one of these. Yeah. yeah, it's very much a case of prevention because it's the typical old mindset, and I know that I over time have grown up with that. It's, not, it's never going to happen to me. We're too small. Why would it happen to me? But then suddenly something does happen, and. There is literally only one way out, which is either to pay or just shut down your systems and cause in you know, a lot of chaos uh, as well. Okay, and I think as we wrap up, we're going to start wrapping up now. Um, I wanted to get your your views around what's the future looking like for, for White Shark, but I mean also from the industry as well. And one question that comes up, which I've been reading a lot about lately, is. Is there a shortage of professionals within the IT security sector? Uh, I've seen that a lot that, that that there's a big demand for for IT specialists. Is it a skill set that's missing, or is it is it just people wanting to come into the industry? What what, what do you see? There's a no no shortage of talent and no no shortage of people with the proper skill set, mm-hmm. uh, and. A, Uh, what I call the uh, maybe it's only my terminology an atomic level. So if you yeah. ask somebody to uh, here's that pacemaker and and dissect it and look at how the software is running and uh, what kind of techniques can you use to to uh, penetrate it, uh, there's no shortage in that uh, in in the world in, in in my view and my experience. What there is a shortage of is um, uh, IT professionals which understand the uh, overall. Um, um, Uh, complexities of of how to uh, handle handle this say in a, a complex environment when when they have to understand different abstraction layers and different system components so um and and so you know uh, when you grow up uh, uh, what is sexy uh, in your view when when you're in the IT world is is always mm, how to be a hacker how to be an yeah. attacker so Uh, actually, uh, uh, we have uh, realized over the years that uh, uh, you know we have to train people on, on a, in in a, uh, how how you defend against uh, these. So we have uh, very sophisticated um, uh, training courses uh, and focused on on defensive skills, and and uh, and we realize that, that there's ma- many many good um, uh, people that that uh, we can find with talent and then we have to train them uh, mm-hmm. to to attain these uh, defensive skill sets in the IT security world which it's in a in a more comprehensive way that they can uh, defuse attacks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um uh, but the good news is you know there's a saying in america that garbage in garbage out so <laughs> here yeah. uh, the input is very good so the people that we we put through these uh, uh, courses are are very good so the output is very good as well usually Right. Okay. And what about people that want to come into the sector, maybe from from university or maybe somebody right now who's looking for a career change because of what's happening due to the COVID situation, thinks that 
somewhere like IT security would be, you know, in a long and a progressive career, what what advice or what what do you see? What insight could you give and share with them? Uh, we're we're having several uh, you know different courses and, and yeah. cooperation with universities so that they can engage uh, uh, in one of these courses and and uh, and in in a, a few months course they they can uh, get uh, uh, you know all the tools and 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 the knowledge and know-how uh, to to become uh, one of these uh, adverse uh, IT professionals. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. And I think finally, then, just what about the future then for for yourselves as an organisation and and the industry as well? I mean, I think basically there is a massive demand out there uh, for the, your kind of services, as we see. Um, but what do you see going forward? I de- definitely see that that uh, uh, we're going to have uh, um, a, uh, a very high market penetration for White Shark and. Uh, in a, in a simplified um, uh, environment and maybe even going towards the the freemium business model where in a mobile first freemium uh, business model that we let people realize their vulnerabilities with, with the free application on their mobile and then they can expand that into their corporate environment mm-hmm. okay interesting stuff so it's mainly again with the trend that we're seeing and the trend that you're following as well is is mobile yeah mobile first yeah mobile first Okay, uh, Laszlo, it's been really, really good to talk to you. I think you've brought some amazing insights and stories with it, with yourself. Um, I wish you the best of luck with uh, with White Shark. Uh, I really think it's a service that could benefit a lot of organisations and uh, organisations certainly need to take IT security seriously. I'm really happy to have had the chance to have you here in the studio in person <laughs> and uh, and all the best. Thank you so much for the opportunity um, in the name of the White Hat team as well. It's it's been great. No problem. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that is all for today's episode of Under Control. You can find links to all our social platforms and to our guests in the episode description. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Join me again in two weeks' time for the next episode.